Now and then we like to play one guitar together. And that's convenient since we only have the one. The parody of Wotes, somebody I used to know, Mark Douglas with us now. Talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get into more about Burley Political and the Key of Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, so, great to be here. <laughs> um, basically, that song was, um, I was made aware of that Gautier song through the Walk Off the Earth uh, cover of it. And we always try to sort of pay attention to what's going on virally, and, and sometimes we'll do a parody of, like, we did one of the guy who, like, shot his daughter's computer. Um, so we were sort of thinking of it in that, that regard. So most of the parodies that happened with that song were a parody of Gautier's version. But I think that the, the Walk Off the Earth uh, version kind of gave that, breathed new life into that song and made a lot of people aware of it. So it was sort of like a double a double thing. We're like, well, why don't we parody this song? But it's sort of like a copy of a copy. But uh, it, that was one of those ones that sort of, you know, Todd and myself and uh, Brian Olson, who's another writer, comes in. We just started throwing around lyrics and just laughed our asses off the whole time. And uh, and that one just sort of came together. And, and you know, we do so many uh, edit-intensive videos or a lot of things with, uh, you know, green screen and effects. And, and it can be pretty taxing on, on our editor, Tom Small. So we were like, you know what, this is an opportunity to do a one-shot, one-take video. So it was a lot of it was fun in a lot of ways and challenging in a lot of ways and I think what you what you see in that is maybe take number three. <laughs> we actually got it <laughs> in in a few takes. Now you had said barely political. It, Key of Awesome branched out from that. Talk a little bit about the history of this whole operation. Okay, um, I don't even remember. A few years back, it was uh, 2007. Um, there was one of the early viral hits on YouTube. It's called "I've Got a Crush on Obama." which was uh, sort of the introduction of the Obama girl. Ben Rellis, who started this channel, kind of came up with that concept and had people sort of work on that video. And and based on that one viral hit, he was able to start it. He was like, you know what, I think this has got some traction. I'm going to start a channel called Barely Political, which is basically mashing up hot girls with politics. So seemed like a pretty good idea. <laughs> so, uh, but then, you know, I think shortly into it, he realized, okay, this is a quantity business. This is a volume business. I need a lot of content. So my friend Rusty Ward at the time was writing for the channel. I knew him through my stand-up days, and he's like, hey, why don't you come in? I need somebody to do some some voiceover. So I was doing a lot of impressions. Uh, I think I did like a Giuliani and a John Edwards. Can I hear a couple of them? <laughs> I'm a little rusty on the... Uh, on him, but think uh, Giuliani's sort of down in here. He's he's down in the throat, and there's a little bit of a lisp. That's uh, <laughs> but I and there's, there's a thing he does with his eyes. I know this is a radio show, but he kind of he will sort of bring his eyes up like this. Um, but yeah, <laughs> and then, I, I think John Edwards was just sort of a, yeah, great. You know, I think I had a, a one one video where John Edwards was cursing out uh, uh, what's his name John Kerry over the phone. But and this was but that was funny at the time because John Edwards was such a nice guy and then he turned out to be a complete bastard. But uh, you know, and I did a little Bill Clinton at the time, which is 
Bill Clinton is about as much vocal fry as you can possibly get with a little bit of a southern charm in there. <clears throat> so these are a little rusty, but uh, so I was doing that kind of stuff uh, when I first started, and then I was like, you know, I write songs. I know you 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 pretty successful on this channel with music. I wrote a song called Political Sex Scandals. That did really well. Um, got covered on CNN. And, uh, so basically when I saw that these guys were basically doing this for a living, I was I was a hotel bellman at the time. Oh, wow. uh, kind of hating life and sort of a part-time comedian. And just looking for any way to get the hell out of the hotel business. And so I kind of started giving, giving these guys every idea I possibly had. I was inundating them with every idea I had. I was hungry. And eventually they were like, all right, this guy's doing pretty well for us. Let's bring him on full time. So I started, it was just like barely enough to just sort of live off of. But I was like, I'm doing what I love exactly. for a living and I'll take it. And then... Um, I did a lot of that political stuff. We sort of branched off into more tech, tech-based material, and then uh, you know we were like, you know what? Let's let's switch off of this political stuff a little bit. It's not doing as well on the internet, um, especially after that 2008 election. People were less interested in, in. I mean, that was a time where politics and pop culture really meshed. Mm -hmm. And uh, once Obama got elected, that election was over. Because Obama himself seemed to be pop culture. Exactly. And I think I think we kind of helped in some of that, you know, sort of pushing him, uh, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> and uh, so, so then that was kind of, that, that territory was sort of mined. And I said, you know, why don't we start a, just a music series? Mm -hmm. goes, and of hey, course, hey, the Kesher series also <clears throat> sort of launched you guys as well. Right. Well, that was sort of our rebirth, I would say, because the... We were we were doing okay, but it was after you know the political stuff didn't work. We were sort of flailing a bit, you could say. And then when we started uh, doing these pop culture songs and and pop music parodies, that was sort of like whoa. We just saw bigger numbers than we ever had with the Obama Girl stuff, and the uh, it was the Kesha TikTok parody that really kind of like. Uh, took us off into the stratosphere. Not to mention you had a hot girl playing catch. Well, yes, we still we we're still like stuck with our roots of having hot girls in our videos. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm a 40 year old uh, guy. I'm not. I'm not. I'm okay looking, but you know, not, uh, nobody's like, hey, I gotta click on the thumbnail of that guy. But uh, yeah, and then my wife uh, did the vocals for that song, the Kesha song. Um, She's a lovely lady as well, but she's not uh, willing to roll around in a bathtub in tiny shorts. Who inspired you to do this? You know, it's funny because Weird Al I always kind of liked but um, and admired him. And I thought that was kind of one of the reasons why I didn't want to do straight-up song parodies where you just kind of replace mm -hmm. the lyrics and, right, right. and use the original melody. I was sort of more inspired by Tenacious D, um, Flight of the Concords, people like that who, who wrote great original songs and kind of did like genre parodies mm -hmm. um one of my favorite i mean spinal taps probably my all-time favorite comedy and that's more of like a genre parody and i always i still love that kind of thing when we can do what's more of a genre parody or a or a, a sound alike i feel like there's a little more artistry in that mm -hmm. so i was trying to do that i mean even some of the early key awesomes like the one of the first like uh, Lady, the, the first Justin Bieber song we ever did and the first Lady Gaga song we ever did were sound-alikes. They weren't like, they weren't based on one song. Now let me ask you, with social media, how has that helped the channel grow? It obviously has, I'm sure. 
Oh, sure. I mean, but we kind of, I mean, I, th- I think of, I mean, in a way, YouTube is kind of a, its own social media mm-hmm. outlet, but, um, you know, that is one of the things that uh, my wife, Anastasia, kind of, kind of is in charge of all of our social media. She'll do a push, she'll, she'll send out to blogs, because there's sometimes when we'll do a video that's a little bit more of a, a appeals to like a niche mm-hmm. um, audience, and it's not necessarily going to do great on YouTube, especially with the audience that we've cultivated, which is which tends to be kind of young. So something like, say, eat it, don't tweet it, might give you, it's, it's kind of universal, but it's, it's more for the uh, kind of, it feels more like something you'd see on Portlandia. Right, right, right. It's like an older audience. So something like that should be like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to send this out. I'm going to do a blog push. I'm going to send this out to all these blogs that might want to cover it. We're going to put it on our Facebook or Twitter or our Instagram. Or not that on Instagram for that. But we sort of try to, like, blast everything that we're doing, especially when we're doing a shoot. You know, oh, you take lot, pictures on the Take set. a lot of pictures. Uh, you know, get get a buzz going around the video. Like, oh, my God, they were working on a Katy Perry Dark Horse video. That's mm-hmm. a and, you know, we don't, we used to wonder, like, should we keep it under wraps? And we're like, nope, nope, let them, Just let, let them know we're working on it. What's your demographic, would you say? Like, would, obviously it's probably kids 18, this, so-and-so, and... Yeah, I else. think it's probably, like, I think it would probably go even younger. I would even say, like, 12 to, you know, our sort of main demographic is probably 12 to, to mid-20s, something like that. Once, once you do a Justin Bieber parody that gets over whatever 40 million hits... Uh, some young girls are going <laughs> to start watching your channel uh, and they're going to want more of that type of material, you know. it's We're in the new studio, beautiful studio year, mm-hmm. and I keep asking, what's it like being in this building compared to where you were originally? It's pretty great. I don't I don't miss the old one too much. I mean, we we've, I thought I might just because we'd been there so long and there was a lot of memories attached to it. I mean, it's sort of where we kind of... Started. started the key. I mean, we did a lot of videos, a lot of great videos in that old space. Um, but as soon as we moved in here, I was like, "Wow, this is this is much nicer." And uh, so we were actually at YouTube headquarters in New York, and they're building an amazing space upstairs, which is going to have several of these kind of studios. You can't really see it, but um, it's going to be sort of like the New York um, head, headquarters for for YouTube creators. Where do you see everything going in the next few years? I mean, where do you see your site going? Where do you see YouTube itself? Because it's expanding every day. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, for a while there, I was like, ah, let's get a TV deal out of this. And mm-hmm. we went, we, you know, we did the whole L.A. You pitching know, thing. pitching things going on, sitting on a lot of couches, drinking a lot of bottles of water. Um, and it, nothing really came of it. Um, and... We're sort of kind of trying to figure out, like, what's the next step? Do we try that again? What's a, what's a good way to package this? But then, you know, at the same time, when I start when I start thinking about that stuff, I get I get really kind of nervous and, and preoccupied and sometimes depressed, and and it, it always comes back to like, let's just okay, let's just make a video, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Because then so, you can de-stress. Also, that's a great way to. Get out your emotions through artistic yeah, things. Yeah, I mean that whole like going around and pitching TV shows and things like that is is a very like hypothetical uh, existence. You're you're always like talking about this thing that we're gonna make and and uh, 
you know, planning this thing that might never happen, and I, I, I get really uh, tense, and, and I don't, I just don't enjoy that. So everything we're doing here is tangible. It's something you can touch. It's like you write a thing, you make it, it's up the next mm-hmm. week, and I love that about YouTube. And, I love and then I guess my other question would be, obviously, there are probably other a bunch of others trying to parody and do that. Yeah. What gives Key of Awesome the edge over everybody else? Um, or do you feel it's not like that? With I don't know. Too? I don't know that we necessarily have the edge. I mean, the, we, we have an edge in the fact that we've been doing it for a long time. We've able, been able to cultivate a lot of subscribers. Um, but I, I would say that, yeah, that one of the things I was talking about is the fact that, that we have people that can focus on just the comedy and making sure that looks good. Uh, while of the, while we've got another team working on how it looks, and we've got a whole we've got a really strong team. Ducky of awesome.